working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. College Sports Network, yours truly here on a beautiful, and I mean a beautiful, but hot and humid day in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Today's guest menu looks like this. 
Charles Edmund is back after a week off. He joins me on today's show. Also, Coach Van Petaway scheduled to join us in our number one. And maybe, just maybe, Willow Brown uh, will be able to join us. It's a commencement exercise uh, at uh, Fort Valley State. So he has obligations, and we understand that. So maybe he will be able to join us. Here's what's trending on the Carlos Brown Show. Congratulations to Prairie View A&M, women's softball tournament champions for 2023, back-to-back champions. The NBA Final Four is almost complete, depending on the game tomorrow between Philadelphia uh, 76ers and the Boston Celtics. The winner of Game 7 will make it to the Final Four of the NBA playoff uh, season. Also, on a, a somber note, Vita Blue, a Louisiana native, passed away this week at the age of 73, the left-hand pitcher who a lot of people remember uh, growing up like yours truly here. And boy, you always try to emulate him in the backyard. Baseball, left-handed pitcher. Um, didn't know this, but um, had a semester at Southern University. But um, Vita Blue. Uh, passes away at 73 years of age. That's what's trending on the Coles Brown Show. Charles Etman joins us now. Softball tournament is over. Charles uh, was on the call for the uh, tournament, and uh, no doubt about it, your text message explains it all. Preview and m no doubt about it, the best team in the conference, but Charles, uh, some outstanding performances, one being Alcorn State made a, making a deep run. But overall, the excitement was there, and uh, we have to congratulate, and they deserve it, Prairie View and them Panthers. Now, back-to-back championships. Yeah, Carlos, good morning. I'm still here in Gulfport. We'll be uh, leaving here shortly. It was a, another exciting tournament. Um, a long tournament. Mother Nature played a factor. Uh, we had a little bit of everything. We had near hurricane-like conditions here a few days ago with rain and wind, and it actually pushed the game uh, over until yesterday. Uh, and it kind of backed things up a bit, but then it got corrected. And yes, preview at the end of the day show why they're the best team in the conference. Now, granted, it wasn't easy. Grambling is a scrappy, feisty team. And it was a terrific championship game in which Preview jumped out 4 nothing on a grand slam. Grambling got back in it on the inside the park home run. Uh, so it was 4 nothing Preview. Grambling grabbed the lead 7-4. But then here come the defending tournament champs, and they won it um, in the bottom of the seventh inning. I mean, that's exactly how you want it to be, you know, winning it in your final at bat and making no doubt about it. So congratulations to the Panthers Last year, you know, when they won the championship, they started 0-19, and they won the whole thing. This year, they had some adversity off the field. Uh, back in the fall, they had a player tragically, you know, killed. They had another one seriously injured. And so, you know, the hearts and the soul wasn't exactly there in the in the, in the the fall. Talking with their coaches, Vernon Bland, who's a Prairie View A&M 
a graduate has been there over a decade. Uh, you know, he was just saying in the fall, they only had a couple of fall practices because they just weren't, they weren't in it emotionally and mentally. So this, you know, I don't know if you watch, for those who watch the games, they had the, the orange uh, belts and bands and ribbons, you know, in dedication and in respect for those players. And so it was a rallying cry. And I talked with their assistant coach, who's been with Vernon Bland since he's been at Prairie View, coaches at first base. I asked him, I said, you know, what's what's the one thing about this team? And he said purposeful. That's the one word he came up with. And he's an analytics uh, uh, expert, by the way. I don't know if you watched the games. He had a little orange card in his hand. It, it's for analytics purposes. And I saw him prior to the game yesterday. He's got all the charts and he keeps it for every game, every team, and just kind of deals with the ebbs and flows of each team. So, you know, friends, you know, they they get it done. You know, they've got the analytics to kind of match up what they're seeing, the different trends, and they just came through. They just came through in the clutch, you know, and they just were unflappable to me. You know, when you back them against the wall, they calmly find a way to get the proper people in the proper places, you know, the – the critical stolen bases, the critical hits, the critical outs, the critical plays to be made. So congratulations to the Panthers back to back. And um, it's going to take some work. You know, they obviously have some seniors that played their last game, but I think SWAC softball is in a good place. You know, you talked about the Lady Braves. First year head coach Eugenia Fernandez had four players on the all uh, tournament team. Um, They played their fourth elimination game yesterday. And, you know, Tough loss, you know, losing it uh, in, in extra innings. So it was it was tough, but, you know, I think the softball program's in good hands at Alcorn. Obviously, at Prairie View, Grambling with Coach Hall, who's coached two uh, SWAC softball programs, Alabama A&M and Grambling. Um, of course, Southern didn't quite make it, but I think they're they're on the rise. So I think SWAC softball's in a good place. You know, Alabama State, they were the number one seed in the East. Lady Braves knocked them out. And it just goes to show you again that once you get to the postseason, as a coach once told me, when you get to the SWAC tournament, all bets are off. Doesn't matter what you did in the regular season. Doesn't matter. You got to get it done in, in that circle. Brave, you got it done, but a lot of teams were a lot of teams were pushing them, including Grambling. So congratulations to the Panthers. They just flat out got it done. And you look at we also talk about perseverance and overcoming obstacles. Um, you know, you can't put enough importance on on that because true champions um it's not going to be easy all the time and 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 you want that competition you want other teams to elevate their game so uh once again congratulations to uh preview alabama state grandma all corn um southern university i guess I, I, i i look at things from a just a different perspective um, they have a new coach. Um, you just hope that they can improve, Coach Williams, and, and, and get better. And now for Prairie View and them and all of the uh, softball programs, now you take it a step uh, further. Doing much better or better out of conference, winning some of those games, and then that you know you you win the conference championship, you win the tournament championship, that's the first goal. Now, try to do better in those non-conference games and, and just get better. But uh, hats off to everyone who participated. Um, it, it was a grand time. 
2023 tournament softball uh, championship. Also, uh, forgive me, forgive me, but um, also Alabama State outdoor track and field men's championship. They won it, and also on the women's side, preview outdoor track and field championship. So preview, hey, they're on the roll right now. They're having much success. And um, I know that Commissioner's Cup is in their their eyesight. Um, So it'll be very interesting. Charles also, as you see, Charles did an amazing job on the entire tournament. Great games all the way through. Congratulations, Charles. But look, I I know you're going to do a great job in broadcasting. No doubt about it. You will be in the SWAC Hall of Fame. I keep telling you that, and it's I, I know you're humbled about that. I understand, but that, that's truth. That's truth. Your name will be in there. Great job. Um, NBA playoffs, Charles. Switch gears just a little bit. My team is in there. Your team is in there. A seventh seed, Los Angeles Lakers, an eighth seed, the Miami Heat. Is it something in the air? Or does it talk about, I know on Miami side, it's the culture. Not a lot of stars, but Jimmy Butler. He has just been playoff Jimmy Butler. LeBron James for the Los Angeles Lakers, a seventh seed, playing game. Now they're in the Western Conference Finals. Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe we're looking at a rematch from last year, but there was a stat. That's saying over the last five, six years, who has the most playoff wins and appearances in the conference? The Miami Heat. So <laughs> it's still going to be tough either way. They have exceeded my expectations, but it says a lot about the culture and the way they do things in Miami. Look, Charles, it's a place that everyone likes to visit, South Beach. But as far as players coming to the Miami organization, it's not for everybody. Tough practices. They measure body fat for the players. They believe in discipline. <laughs> they believe in being in shape. And, and and some players, that's not for them. And they do it the old school way. Like in the 80s, in the 90s, where it was just a different brand of basketball. They get it done, and they've overcome ad- adversity, and they've lost uh, Tyler Hero, Victor Oladipo, but yet they still get it done. And if they don't make it to the finals, last year they were one basket away from making it to the finals. They still exceeded my expectation. I am a Miami Heat fan for life, but those playoffs <laughs> have been great. They have really been great. I mean, that is a classy organization led by a, a classy executive and Pat Riley. He knows what that's about as far as being an executive and being on the sidelines. You know, he was a head coach in this league with the Lakers, the Lake Show, as we know. Um, that organization, they're as tough as it comes. They they don't mess around. And Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley are on the same page. And you just have to be happy for Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets, 
I mean, just as a player, I mean, we all know the story of how he was brought up, how he was raised, the tough upbringing, and just to see him get to this level, to see him play for potentially play for a championship, still got a couple more steps to go. But but I'm happy for Jimmy Butler as a player and as a as a, as a man, just what he's been through. And of course, he was in the finals before, but just to see him stay with it. I mean, because players move all the time. There's going to be a lot of movement in this offseason. But Jimmy Butler is very comfortable with that organization and vice versa. And where and he is pretty much saying, hey, I'm going to put you on my back and I'm going to take you to the promised land, wherever that might lead. So Jimmy Butler's on a roll right now. You have to be happy for him. So, you know, the Heat are, are definitely there. But, you know, you still got a couple more steps to go. This this Boston-Philly thing is back and forth. You don't know how that's going to go. Uh, you know, you, you thought the 76 76- we're wrapping up at home and here come the Celtics. So that I think it's going to be a knockdown drag out in game seven. And uh, the Miami Heat are just sitting back on South Beach chilling, waiting for those two teams to kind of knock each other down. And then we'll see how the Eastern, Con- the Eastern Conference Finals go. For the West, man, I mean, is it more about LeBron James and the Lakers and uplifting that organization? Or is it about what we're seeing is maybe the downfall of Golden State Warriors? Because I think we've seen probably the last of the Golden State Warriors as we know them. I think there's going to be some there's going to be some revamp in that organization after this year. There's been talk. Jordan Poole, Draymond Green. It started before the season started. I mean, you can't get around the punch. I mean, you can you can dibble and dabble around it all you want, but that sets your team back. You don't recover from something like that. The video, all of that. They were horrible on the road. And they just never really got there. So I think, you know, if, if you're Golden State in that front office to keep the to keep the band together, it's going to cost you so much money in the luxury tax. Is it worth it to get this out of this team? Second round exit. And you're talking about maybe a half a billion dollars to keep that team together. It's probably not going to happen financially. Does it make sense with aging players? Probably not. So the Golden State Warriors, as you knew them probably won't won't exist but you gotta you gotta tip your cap to lebron james and the lakers and the trades that they made to get this team in a better position they look poised they got young stars around lebron ad is showing up and showing out so i mean i think you know denver and la is not the sexiest series in the world i would have loved to see phoenix in there but you know that's a that that's a big flop you know, we'll see what happens with the Phoenix Suns. Monty Williams, there's talk whether or not he'll be back. Um, you know, uh, Aiton, we'll see if he'll be back. I mean, so that organization might get flipped flipped over a little bit. But congratulations to LeBron James and the Lakers. All they went through, and here they are. You got the King has an opportunity in the Western Conference Finals against, against the Joker. We'll see. I think that it may not be the sexiest series in the world. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think, you know, Denver can score the basketball. There's no doubt about that. So if the Lakers D is not ready, that could be a long series for the Lakers. But I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Denver and L.A. as well. Well, a <clears throat> couple of things. I, I don't think he gets enough credit. Uh, when he's healthy, yeah, he's had some health issues. But I'm going to be honest, Anthony Davis, the length. Uh, when he defeated when they defeated Miami in the bubble, it was Anthony Davis who Miami could not contain. So, I, and I understand LeBron, he is who he is. 
You can't take nothing away from him. But from my opinion, the pieces that they did add to the team after the trade, but Anthony Davis is the one you just really, that length and that talent. He's a seven-footer, but he plays inside and out. That's who I would be worried about. Denver, the key in this series, in my humble opinion, is to me, uh, Denver is not known as a defensive team. The Lakers play much better defense. Can they contain the high-octane offense of uh, Denver? Murray, outstanding player, up-and-coming star, maybe at the star brand right now. I guess that's uh, debatable. Um, also, as we get ready to take a timeout here, also, Golden State, uh, I'm going to take what you have said in the past on other situations, particularly when you talk about Southern University. I understand the luxury tax. I know financially you have to make some uh, changes in the in the basketball team. But at Golden State, I don't think you blow up the team, Charles, as you would say. Don't blow it totally up. You still have a good, solid foundation. You just have to make some adjustments. I think they need a little bit more uh, bench help. But how can you replace? You can't replace Curry. I know they're getting up in age. Also, oh, boy. And uh, his sidekick. Disappointing game uh, last night. Wow. Uh, he, he just didn't get it done. Um, Phoenix, big disappointment because they didn't go further. They invested a lot, brought in KD. Monty Williams is an outstanding coach. I know someone has to take the fall, but I would not get rid of uh, Monty Williams. Outstanding coach. But we'll get um, Coach Petaway's point of view on all of this as well. We're going to take a quick timeout. Uh, appreciate everyone watching here on the Coles Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll take a timeout. We'll be right back. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality, 
cigars, plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. edition of the Carlos Brown show right here on the black college sports network. Uh, appreciate everyone uh, watching. I'm going to give some love to Charles Edmund. Charles, you're getting a lot of uh, appreciation in the chat room. Um, the morning blitz says Charles did an amazing job on the entire tournament. Great games all the way through. Edwin says, Charles Edmund, excellent job with the SWAC softball tournament. I was proud of the Lady Braves fight. Your Gremlin Tigers kept them out of the championship. G. Boone says, I'll agree with that. Carlos Charles does an admirable job. Yes, sir. Definitely does. Joseph says, good job with the SWAC softball tournament broadcasting, Charles. You are a warrior and a legend. I told you, Charles. I'm telling you. <laughs> You're going to be in there. You're, you're just being humbled. I understand. Uh-oh. Going in the chat room again. Edwin, I love him, Adele, for Southern Night. <laughs> he says, dream on to the Lakers. Somewhere in the East are retirement. Uh, boy, he actually could fit in Miami, but I don't know. I don't know if I would see it. Not at Miami, but in the East, no. No retirement. Dream on to the Lakers or somewhere in the East. Oh my goodness, Charles. To the Lakers. Well, well, I tell you what, you know, you you hear some some scuttlebutt, and you've heard this. Well, I've read this over the last month or so, mm -hmm. you know, by in some NBA insiders that are kind of projecting where things are gonna go in the offseason. And there have been several, several little nuggets out there that well, first of all, I don't think Draymond Green's gonna be in, with the Warriors next year anyway. But the Lakers would be a heck of a stop for him. Um, I don't know if you all read the story about it. When LeBron James broke the scoring record, Draymond mm -hmm. Green wanted to be in attendance at the game. And Steve Kerr shut it down. They were in the middle of the season. They were struggling a little bit. I mean, that was a kind of a crazy time of year for them. And so, I mean, there's a little bromance there, I think, between Draymond and, and LeBron, quiet as it's kept. And so that, that I don't think he's going east. 
I think the Lakers could be a possible destination. Keep your eye on that because that has been talked about in NBA circles here over the last several weeks. I, I almost could see him with, with the New Orleans Pelicans. What he would add to that team, some toughness. Oh yeah. Well, I yeah. understand why. I understand why you would love to see him at the Lakers, Charles. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> oh, speaking Absolutely. of, speaking of that, uh, Edwin says, and, and, and here's what caught my attention. Anthony Davis is a great talent. I agree, but he is wet tissue. Oh, my goodness. You never know <laughs> when he will be out and for how long, Edward, you're being a bit tough on AD. But, but you know what? Valid point, Edwin. He has had, uh, you know, some injury issues. And then they were making fun of the other night. He yeah. got an elbow and they uh, took him out on the wheelchair. But you know what? I'm not going to laugh about that because I'm what? A Miami Heat fan. I remember when um, in Houston. Dwayne Wade got hurt, and how they ridiculed him. Uh, they brought him out on uh, in the wheelchair. Yeah. So, so Edwin, valid point. He has had some issues, but when he has not had those issues, you cannot account for that length. I'm telling you, if he can continue to give some effort, and he's been a bit inconsistent. But if he can get when he's on his A game. He gives the Lakers a much better shot. Now, I don't know if I'm ready for a prediction with uh, Denver and the Lakers, but number one seed against number seven seed in the East, it'll be the eighth seed against possibly the first seed. And, and, you know, I I think Boston's going to be very tough in a game seven. It reminds me of last year. They were down three to two. They won two games in a row. And Philly had them on the ropes. Those six games or those clinch, those games that you clinch, they are typically very hard to do. Miami over the Knicks last night, it was tough, 96 to 92. But once again, the toughness, the toughness carries the Miami Heat. And again, they don't have it. They're not star-laden team, but they're just tough. And if you're going to defeat Miami, it can be done, but you're going to know you've been in the battle. Yeah, you 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 really you really gonna know. I I agree with you on that. You know, I you just you you have to take a look at Miami and and just just you really have to give them the thumbs up. You have to give them the edge. You know, Boston and Philly are grinding it out. Of course, Boston was in the finals last year. Um, if Boston wins, I would give them a slight edge over Miami. If Philadelphia wins, I'd give Miami the edge. I think playoff experience at this level, at this point, you're down to the finals. It's like Denver and L.A. I love how I love the way the Nuggets play, and you talked about the lack of defense. Uh, but the Lakers have that championship experience with LeBron and A.D. I, I would give the Lakers the edge. If the Lakers get a game in Denver, the first two, I think the Lakers will probably win that series. I mean, it could, it could be a home series, which, you know, home team wins every game, but Denver's got home court. But if the Lakers steal one in Denver, I think I'm saying this as a Laker fan and just as someone that studies these things, I think the Lakers will get the series. That's exactly what happened with Golden State. You know, so I, I think you have to give the Lakers the edge there. But I think that Eastern Conference Finals is going to be really, really, really fun to watch Miami and either Boston. You got James Harden looking for a ring. 
You know, talk about James Harden might not be in Philly next year. He's he's quietly talked about going back to Houston. So, uh, you know, this, this this may be the last run for the for the 76ers as they're currently constructed. You got the MVP, Joel Embiid, he's not going anywhere. If the 76ers don't win this game, where's Doc Rivers going to be? I mean, Doc I mean the 76ers just kind of flattened out a little bit. So, I think Doc Rivers, I think he's safe, but I think fans in Philly don't believe that if they lose this game seven after blowing game six at home to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I I think there's going to be a lot of intrigue in, in Philadelphia if they don't win this game seven. Well, with that being, being said, and by the way, thanks, uh, Brian Fulford, for uh, producing today's show. And uh, Brian Fulford's father, boy, what a chip off of the block. Happy birthday. My goodness. They they look like Happy birthday. They look like brothers almost there. I mean, I, yeah. I understand it's his father, but he looks to be in great shape. So we, um Brian, let me know if we need to take a break and then add Coach Petaway. If not, he can join in because we're talking some uh NBA basketball. Right. Hey, uh, Carlos, Carlos, that, I, I think I, I like what Charles go. is saying. Yeah, I agree with Charles. I think if the Lakers, if the Lakers steal a game in Denver, they're gonna win that series. The the, the only thing is that to me that gives uh other than them having joke uh, uh mm-hmm. Joker, the Joker, they can match up at every position really except that one. But what what will come what will happen, I think that if AD comes ready to play. He could possibly get to Joker in foul trouble if that's the matchup that they're gonna have. But mm-hmm. now they still got other long guys out there that they might put on AD. You know, they might put Porter on it. You know, Porter might be a better matchup uh, for AD, so that you can save your best player. I mean, when you're talking about a guy that's averaging a triple double, you cannot afford to get him in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. But but for the Lakers, not only does AD have to have a good game. I still think some of the others have to play well, Charles, in order for the Lakers to win. I, I mean, the guys coming off the bench, uh, they got to contribute, man, every night in order for them, for the Lakers to have a shot. Because when, when you look at there's going to be some matchup problems now, because right now my concern is for the Lakers, who's going to slow up Murray? You know, Murray's playing well for them. He's been who's on gonna, a tear. Right, right. Who, who, who on the Lakers team is going to slow him up? You got some guys that have the athletic ability, but mentally, mentally, will they stay on the court? You, you know, you you got people that could stay with him in terms of his skills on the defensive end, but mentally, are they ready for a, a long series? Are they ready for a conference championship? You know, like LeBron said the other day, the biggest hurdle they got to overcome, they got people on that team that's never been where they are right now. So they don't know. They don't know the pressure. They don't Experience. know. Correct. They don't know what it takes uh, to to win. And then, like you take the game last night. If if Schroeder is playing so well, why would you allow yourself to be in a situation where you get thrown out of the game? You see, you can't have stuff like that. That's a mental error. That's a mental error. He already knew he had one foul. So I mean, a uh, one tech. So mm-hmm. yeah. So so why why put yourself in a situation where you, you get that second tech. So see, it's that kind of thing that concerns me uh with the Lakers. But now but now Denver, they they they've shown now why they were the number one seed in the West. 
because they, they have put together a, a, a great run. They got a well-balanced team. I thought they would not win because I thought they played through Joker so much. But if you think about it now, when you look at the games, they didn't do that as much. They didn't play through him. You know, they, they went to other options first. Then he ended up with the basketball, and they made plays for each other. You know, they, they, there were a lot of assists made in that series that they just concluded with Phoenix. And I, I just think Phoenix, I, they just fell on their face. They fell mm-hmm. flat on their face. They don't have, to me, they don't have enough people pulling together. And I think it starts with uh, uh, DeAndre in, in the middle. Age, he did not play up to his capabilities. I still think he goes back to his contract dispute. I don't think mm. he's ever, uh, mentally, I don't think he's ever overcome that. And uh, to me, it showed a lot uh, during the season and particularly in the playoffs. Now, I don't think many of us would have guessed that uh, Kevin Durant and Booker would have two back-to-back subpar games. You know, we, we were expecting them to be these two superstars on the team. So what this goes to show you, you can have two great players, but if the other people aren't making contributions, you're not going to be successful. And I think that's what happened in, in uh, Phoenix's case. Now, when you look at the East, I think the 76ers blew it. They blew it by not winning uh, the, the biggest game of the year on their home court. Mm-hmm. I, I think they got talent, but I just don't think they're going to have the right mindset to go into Boston and beat Boston. Because if if, if Boston, if, if Marcus Smart has anything to do with it, he's not going to allow that team to lose. I, I don't think he's going to do it. Now, Jason Tatum, he's been in a slump. That worries me a little bit. And the only other, the only hope to me that that the 76ers have is if Joe M B decides to play from the free throw line down. If he plays from the free throw line down, Philadelphia has a chance to win that basketball game. But if he stands out there on the perimeter wants wanting to be a stretch four, they're not gonna win. They're Coach, not gonna win. Coach Petaway, I agree. He needs to get his Whose decision is that? Is that Doc Rivers or is it because he's the superstar joint B? Get your behind down in that post. Nobody can guard him. Nobody. Right. right. But he but he, he neutralizes himself when he plays on the perimeter. He's so far away from the basket, people can stay with him. You don't even have to have a seven foot on him when he's away from the basket because right. all they got to do is get up in him. So to me, if 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 he were to play from free throw line down, 76 can go in there and win that game because they do not have anybody that can stop him. And, Coach, it opens up other options, too. And and Maxie, and um, when you said something about Smart, Smart and Jimmy Butler kind of got the same mindset. They're tough. I would would rather have them um, backing me up if I'm in the alley because their their toughness. Right. and, and, and Coach Pedro, me and Charles are talking about it. Um, the Miami Heat, you, you always hear the word culture, toughness. They don't have, per se, a lot of stars. <laughs> I know that's debatable. But you, you're missing Tyler Hero, Victor Oladipo. Yeah. But they're just tough. And they're old school. And, and Coach, I, I said this. 
a lot of players don't like coming to Miami because of those things. When they measure, look, they say Kevin Lauren, his body fat was too high. Right. They look exactly. at body, all of those little things. Everybody can't play there. Right, that's true. That, and see, that's that, that. That's why. That's just like in college. All players can't play for every coach. There are some coaches that 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 will not will require more. You know that, that that's just like in the recruiting process. They'll 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 tell the, the the recruit, well, you know, your high school coach wanted you to do so and so on the court. Well, if you come to Alabama A&M, Coach Petaway is going to expect that to be done on the floor. See, I, that, there's a big difference. There's a big difference. The, Miami has built that culture to where if you come in there, there are certain things that you better be ready for. One of them is to be tough. One of them is to be unselfish. See, Lyra has changed his game since he's been there. Not only has he changed his body, he's changed his mentality. Now, he comes in with that second group. Man, he got them on fire. They play better than the first group sometimes because that's that's the way they, they built that team, next man up. That's why they, they're down two of their better players. And here they are in, in the conference, Eastern Conference Championship because of the culture that's been established there that, hey, you don't come here to sit. You don't come here if you don't want to work. If you don't want to put the work in, Miami's not the place for you. Yeah, socially, this is the place, the beach mm-hmm. and the warm weather. But if you come here to play basketball, this team, the Heat, is first. And our concept, our culture yeah. is not going to change. you got to adjust to our culture. We're not going to change our culture for you. And from Pat Riley now to Strokes, that's the way they do it. That's why they're winning. Defense is the reason why they're winning, that toughness, that attitude, that don't give up attitude, man, that's great. That is great, and that's why they that's why they're playing for Eastern Conference Championship. I think one of the biggest pickups, Carlos, when the Heat acquired Kevin Love, oh, that was a huge, huge experience pickup. Playoff man, experience, championship experience on the, and he's I mean he he can he can be and a can rebound, lead, but mm-hmm. how many charges he is he taking this year? It. That man he, defensively, that. he's he's really good. Defensively, I think he's changed his game to where I mean he can score, but I right. think all the charges he's taken. I mean he he hits the deck a ton every night, and so that's that toughness. Because I was kind of wondering about his toughness when he was in Cleveland, but hey, you better have that you know coming to Miami, and he definitely has done that. And then Kyle Lowry too, you know when he was with the Wizards, I was just wondering you know would he just fade away because you just didn't see when he was in Toronto. I thought that was a better fit. Then when he went to, to to the Wizards, just didn't see it. And then getting to Miami, like he's got to he's got to elevate his game. He's got to do something different. And man, has he adapted and adjusted his game to fit that culture? So just a couple of pieces to surround Jimmy Butler with. You talked about Hero and and others, but those are veteran players that you have to have with the championship pedigree. And so you know, Kevin Love definitely has that. Kyle Kyle Lowry's kind of fit into that role. So. Miami is all the pieces that you need when healthy to give any team a challenge. And, and right now they're on a roll. Right. And then those two people you just named, Lowry and Love, they start their transition. They're the ones that get it out. Lowry, he doesn't have the quickness, but he advances the basketball. He push, he passes it up the floor. Kevin Love can get a rebound on one end and put the put that 
outlet pass on the block on the other end. That he, 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 no one has done what he's doing in the NBA since Wes Unsell. I was just about to say that name, yep. Wes Unsell. Yeah, right. <laughs> that that when you when you got that man, that means that when you miss a shot or even if you make a basket, he can still get you a transition basket because of the way he takes the ball out and the way he outlets the basketball. That's very important. Easy baskets. Uh, uh, a couple of things before we get another time out in. Um, a, a lot of times that Charles mentioned it, somebody is going to have to take the punishment, the fall. In the case of, you know, and we're hearing speculation about Monty Williams, I disagree with that. He's a tremendous coach, a defensive-minded guy, but how ironic he's at a he's coaching a team that is known for offense. Then also Golden State. Coach, just in my opinion, Charles feels a little bit differently. I don't know if you'd blow up that team. I, I don't think Charles said that they would blow up, but the conversation is some changes. Point blank question. Golden State's foundation financially, Charles says they're in the luxury tax. You know, even even Miami is in there. But do you just kind of make some adjustments if you're Golden State management? And do you think they can blow up that team? I don't think so. What do you think, well, Coach Fedaway? Well, I think some changes have to be made because they they can't win with the group they have. Okay. Yeah, ch changes, okay. but not blowing 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 up the team right right okay first thing they're not big enough in the paint they gotta get well, in the paint man right they, they went small them. last night and, right. and it was a disaster right that's what i'm saying so you know when they drafted wiseman i thought he was going to be the answer i'm gonna be honest i think they gave up on him too quick mm -hmm. i think they gave up on him too quick they, they got other people on that bench that they thought were going to come around and they didn't but right now I don't think they play together. I, I don't think that group – got to make some changes because that group did not gel this year. And I would start, number one, with Poole. I, I, I think I think Poole needs to go. I um, in, in the middle, I think they got to look at that. I don't think they, mm -hmm. they got what they um, – they, they just don't have what they need. Now, will they get rid of uh, Draymond? The rumor is they might move Draymond. Draymond right. might that's might that's might have to get out of there. That's because, what Charles stated. You think that right, right? Yeah. Because when you go back to the beginning of the season, when you had that dust up between he and Poole, I think now they need to move both of them. You move mm. both of them, you get you some people for in the paint. They got to have some help on the inside, man. First, you start there, then you get some mm. more help on, on on that perimeter, but. If they don't, if they don't get some help in the middle, Golden State gonna be faced with the same problem. Well, let me ask you this, Coach and Charles, because they offensively they have a philosophy. You know, three point shooting. Do you get some athletic bigs? Not the traditional like a Joe and B post player, but an af some athletic bigs. Is that the way they go? Yeah, I think if they go that route, you still I, I think they're not playing the, they're not putting the ball on the inside now. If you mm -hmm. if you go to Loon, he's not gonna give you much, man, on the offensive end. He's a rebounder and a defender. So you go with I think if they had a person that could score in the paint, 
I think you would see the ball go inside more. What they're doing to me is they're playing with the hand that they're dealt with. They, that, with the makeup of that team, that's the only way you can play for that team to be successful. And then in order for that team to be successful, the Splash Brothers have to make a splash. In other words, they got to be on in order for that team to work. So it, then you go back to that old adage, you, you, you live by the jump shot, you buy, but die by the jump shot. But I think if they found somebody who could score, I think even at Golden State, you would see them putting the ball inside more. In other words, a third consistent score. And, boy, Clay Thompson, wow, he, he he struggled more so last night. You know, Charles is interesting with, with, with Golden State, uh, Denver, the Lakers on the upsurge. It's going to be interesting Memphis. to see what, what, yeah, see, what, uh, what Phoenix, the offseason does. Right, right. And see, even with Phoenix, uh, Carlos, no bitch, they got to move, move DeAndre. He, he, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be there. He, he don't want to play. I, I personally feel like he could have played in the last game. I, you know, and that's a valid point. I, I don't want to get accused of being ta- uh, tampering, but uh, I could I could see him uh, somewhere in the state of Florida, in South Florida. <laughs> uh, because he, you know, and, and what does that say about the, the – I wouldn't this? take him over Bam now. Well, I would not take him well, over Bam. Well, well, Coach Petaway, I understand that. But to me, now, let's see if you agree. And, and people in the chat room, I think Bam's natural position is a four. But they play him at center. He's almost like a point forward, point center, because he adds it up. You, Coach, Coach Petaway, you think he's naturally a center? No, he's not. But I'm saying, I would together, they make a good group. But I would not trade. I definitely would not trade. If it was one-on-one, no, I would not. I would keep – you got Bam because Bam mentally is zoned into his team. DeAndre Aiden to get down there, and he would mess that team up just like he was part of the, the failure at Phoenix. Mm-hmm. See, mentally, he, he they, they're not, they don't have the same makeup. I like Bam's drive. Bam has that Miami, that Miami culture, that Miami toughness. You don't have that in DeAndre Aiden. That boy, well, hey, hey man, that, that that boy will. It's the way the moon is in order to where he's gonna play. The way he's gonna play. Where's the well, moon that, that particular day? He, he almost went to Indiana, but uh, brother, I was just getting ready to say. Yeah. Okay. So let's just go back a year. I think that the relationship between Monty Williams and Aiden was fractured enough to where they yep. were willing to let him walk. Right. Indiana provided an offer sheet and he was headed to Indiana. And um, Phoenix had 24 hours to match it. If they didn't match it, he was gone to Indiana. The Suns matched it and he came back to Phoenix. So mm-hmm. something was there to lead you to believe that they had belief that Aiden was the guy. But I don't know if that solved the problem. I don't know if Aiden didn't want to be there. I mean, it's a whole money situation. I mean, hey, they matched the offer. He got his he got his money. But I don't know if that repaired the relationship between Monty Williams and Aiden. I don't think that relationship ever improved. And I think over the course of the season, it probably just stagnated and may have gotten a little worse. And so according to reports, Aiden is meeting with uh, Monty Williams and you know James Jones, the front office and all of that. So we'll see. The other thing, too, is that 
And of course, the new Phoenix owner made news getting into it with the with the Joker. You got a new owner in Phoenix. So you're looking at that, James Jones in the front office, not saying he's gonna be let go, but you know what happens when you get new ownership, things happen. So, you know, they underachieve. You spend a lot of money to get KD. And so it's it's gonna be interesting to see what's gonna happen there in Phoenix. Coach, one one quick question. We talk about disappointments. Which, in your opinion, is a bigger disappointment, Phoenix or Golden State? Phoenix. Ooh, good one. I say Phoenix because because you you gave up so much to get KD, and you 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 made it further without him last year than you did this year. <laughs> See, I, I don't I don't I think it's Phoenix in my in my estimation because. Not only did you give up, you gave up draft picks, you gave up personnel to get this guy, and this was supposed to be the guy to get you over the hump, and it didn't happen. Now, had Chris Paul stayed healthy, would that have made a difference? I don't think so, because I think they found a, a different way to play without him. You know, they played more <coughs> up tempo. They got more transition baskets because he controlled, he controls the ball as a point guard, and, and, and if he doesn't want to push it, he doesn't push it. And I think because of his age, he conserves himself a lot. And, and so they found out that it, when he's not in the game, they can go up-tempo, and I think that's what helped them in their uh, uh, in this series for the games that they did win. But right now, my I would say uh, Phoenix is a bigger disappointment than Golden State. <coughs> I'm choked up here. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're going to take a time out. We got more. Coach Pettaway has agreed to have an extended appearance. Um, got some Southern University basketball information for you. Coach, I want you to look at some of the footage of some of the players and bring in your basketball knowledge. One thing I can see so far was trending with Coach Joseph is that he loves the big guards. And it appears that these guards can uh, – combos can play point guard or a shooting guard. We got a couple of six, five guys, got a six, seven guy who's been all over the landscape. One signed with Georgetown, played at UAB, um, played at LSU. Now Southern has him now. Uh, we'll take a look at some footage. And uh, also we got some swag baseball uh, standards to, to, to look at as well. So we'll take a quick timeout and we will return you're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123.
Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. And the e-horns right behind them. My goodness, how can you? You got to be focused, I guess. To, to but, but Carlos, it, it give you chill bumps, man. When 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 I hear songs like that, that that reminds me of the good old days. Because if you at home and your band is playing that, guess what? You're doing well. You're doing so, well. You're doing well on the basketball court. Even though that was a football setting, when they play that song, that means that we are doing well. And as a coach. Yeah, I'm I'm in there X's and O's, but I also want to make sure that that crowd will help keep these kids energized. And that's why, to me, uh, the band is still a part of it, and I've always believed in that, man. It's more to it to winning than just a team on the floor. It's it's a it's a total cooperation of everybody. Everybody has to be on board in order to uh to have a successful team and program. And, and speaking of that, I'm look uh, I'm looking in, in the chat room and. Uh... Yeah, Adrian Crook. I can still hear, hear my pops listening to the band, and let's see what the rest of it says on the on the phone call. On the phone calling, <laughs> and, and and you know what? Nah, I know who it is now, Adrian uh, Crook. Yeah, and um, his father. We used to talk all the time, and I miss him. Uh, we used to call him Crook, Frederick Crook, and um, a band connoisseur himself. And uh, love Southern University. Rest in peace. Um, I think about him all the time. Uh, we had conversations 
all the time, man. And that's some of the things when you affiliated with uh, HBCU sports, the culture, you make yep. friends family, yep. and family that you'll yep. never forget. The people that I've met, I mean, going to the Celebration Bowl, albeit Southern wasn't there, you just met so many people from Jackson State, Alcorn, Grambling, you know, North Carolina A&T, North Carolina Central, and Coles Brown never lets an opportunity to go to meet some Jackson State fans and let them know <laughs> it's always a rivalry. And, and, and even now, <laughs> I, I have some, some people I've met, Jackson State alums, Alabama and them. I remember Ike Rooks. Yep. You know, and um and and just you know being in this business and uh meeting Charles through the radio show. Yep. Meeting you, yep. Coach Petaway. I just reached out to you. Right. And um you you can't uh it's priceless the the, the, the right. relationship that you you've uh you've garnered, you've met o- over the years. And so, uh, yeah, Adrian, yeah, now, I, I know you are. Put, look, a great football player uh, himself, particularly oh. on the high school level in college. So uh, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. But you it. know what? See, that to me, that's what the SWAC, HBCU, uh, sports and athletics, I think that's what it's all about. Because now, even though I was a basketball coach in this league, mm-hmm. I went to football games uh, on the road. I, I've been to just I've been to every school on the road except right now Bethune Cookman uh, for a football game. And listen, I have met people. Some some knew who I was as because I was a basketball coach. But man, people mm-hmm. were so kind and so nice. And and just to see me coming in as a fan, following our football team, and then of course when I got an opportunity to. Uh, to work with the SWAT Digital Network, seeing these same people over and over again, man, it it just it, it does a lot for me as a person, and I really appreciate the people in the SWAT who have made it a family atmosphere, man. And that's what college athletics is all about, because the, you know these are people that that we'll remember through uh, for the rest of our lives that, that mm-hmm. we come in contact with. So it, it it's been nice, man. You know, I, I could think about my brothers and I down at Alcorn at, at the park at the uh we took the RV down there. And man, they 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 opened their arms up to us, man, and and and, and treated us like family, going to Mississippi Valley, you know, uh going down to Jackson State. So it's it, it's just great, man. The the um the atmosphere that you see it on college game day, uh, for on college football games, and then of course. When you look at it on the basketball side, man, it just you can't it can't be beat. Cannot well, be beat. I'll add I'll add this coach Petaway, even mm-hmm. the softball tournament. I mean, here in here in Gulfport, I mean the camaraderie was just off the charts. I mean, just meeting people that, that you find and follow on social media and vice versa, just just the camaraderie, the atmosphere, the swag makes it happen. You know, very friendly. You know, good venues, first class venues. You can spread out, but then it's just a camaraderie. On one on the third base side, you got one team's fans on the first base side, and in between innings, you come together, you hug, you talk, and just it gets intense now. I mean, last night was pretty oh, intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you get down to the championship, it all bets are off then. But in between games, in between time, I mean, it is great. Even you know, uh, the late coach Davey Whitney. 
his family, you know, he, they're, they're from here. They fried some fish and they set up and there's a little tailgating going on out here. And just oh. whoever wants to buy. I mean, for a swag softball tournament, I mean, you wouldn't think that that would happen. But, it's, I mean, you, you see that all the time. And I'm sure we'll probably see that in Atlanta as well in the next couple of weeks for baseball. So that, that's what makes, to me, the HBCU experience what it is. It's just a camaraderie. Yeah, we go at it in between the lines, but off the field is just great camaraderie. Great yep. feel, great synergy and energy. Yep. I agree. I agree. It's uh, been a lifetime of uh, memories and uh, special relationships that you make. Um, Let's see. We're going to go now. We've got some information for you, Coach um, Johnson, a new men's basketball coach at, at Southern University. He's out. Uh, on the road, I, I'm assuming still recruiting. Uh, I, I put in a request uh, to get him on, but I understand he's busy. But he he's got a, a camp, and, and and Coach Petaway, you talk about uh, camps, and although your you know your season is over with, it's really not because um, he talked about taking his team on those eight weeks where the NCAA allows you to. You know, a lot of times they go to different countries to play. But, Coach, how important are those camps, not only to help young uh, potential players get better, with, but then we're talking about relationships also that you can build uh, through through these camps. Right. Well, see, he this is a team camp. And what, mm-hmm. what that is, they'll be bringing uh, different high school teams together. Okay, that's a great way to recruit. They get a chance, the kids get a chance to see your facilities. The coaches get a chance to interact with these high school coaches, develop uh, relationships so that when there is a player that that uh, they want to recruit, you know, that relationship has already been established. So that and then your individual camps. Uh, I, I know for a fact that uh, I've signed at least six kids that came to individual camps that I held during my career. I mean, it's more than six, but I can think of six right off the top of my head that uh, so camps are very important not only for the coaches, also for the athletes. So, you know, I was able to identify kids at an early age because now I didn't do team camps. I always did individual camps. Uh-huh. I had two individual camps every summer, and we were able to identify kids, keep up with them, track them, Those seeing those parents when they come pick them up. You've seen them at a young age. The parents remember that. They remember how, how nice and gracious you were. And so when it comes time to recruiting, that plays a big part. And so that's why we were very successful at signing young men who had attended camps on our campus. And so Coach Johnson is doing it the right way. This is a great uh, mechanism for him to get uh, to establish rapport with these high school coaches in, in the state of Louisiana. And in some cases, some of the teams may come from out of state. So it, it, it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah, it is. And, uh, boy, I'm thinking about Coach Buss at Alcorn. I always got my eyes. He's he's in Louisiana <laughs> recruiting a little bit too much for me. But, hey, I understand it. He's got to win, and he's done an excellent job. But um, you see the information right there, Southern Jaguars team camp, dates June 20th through 22nd. You see the price in there, and you also see the contact information. Uh, thanks to Brian Full for producing today's show. Um, coach, um, just some information 
And Brian, we can roll the footage of uh, so, uh, some of the recruits that he's got coming in, but he's got a 6-1 guard from the transfer portal, Texas State. He's a Louisiana native, Brandon Davis. Derek Tizenzo, a six foot five guard, um, transferring in from Stephen F. Austin, but also a native of Louisiana. Now I got to practice on a couple of names here: Taya, Atea, Rion Joseph, six three guard, um, played at Scotlandville, won a state championship, but also was the leading scorer in JUCO East Central Community College. He's six three. Now, let me practice, and please forgive me, but those who, if, if I mispronounced this name or these names, I'm sure you're going to let me know. I appreciate it. Constructive criticism. Let's see. Tijana Diomasi, six foot five, 208 pounds. Uh, he's a native of France, a uh, point guard from Lee College. Also, Josh LeBlanc, who I mentioned earlier for the timeout, 6'7", 230, uh, played at Georgetown originally, LSU, UAB, and Nichols State. He'll add some toughness uh, for Southern University. Then they picked up a 5'10 guard, Antoine Jacks, played at FDU, finished at uh, Indian River uh, Community College. So that, those are some of uh, the players that he's uh, – gotten in and then Brian if you can roll the uh, footage and, and I'm missing uh, uh one player and there he goes there he is right there he's a six eight guy um playing in, in Mississippi but coach he's six eight and they got him listed as a, a shooting guard and a small forward after you kind of look at this let, let give me your perspective uh coach Pettaway. well it seems to have a nice touch from the perimeter but he's also shown in the highlights that he can go inside and uh, be productive. That was a nice uh, uh, catch on the run and then the finish at the basket. And uh, seems to have pretty decent hands. And, you know, even though these are highlights, they're showing his best plays. But you can right. see that he does have a skill set. Uh, he stepped out on that on that three. So that means that uh, he's probably going to open the floor up. But at the same time, he'll be able to put this guy down in the paint. So now, so he's signed six seven six eight. 6'5", 6'5", 6'3", 6'1", and a 5'10". So that means that uh, if he's not going to get any bigger, uh, if he's not going to bring in any bigs, he's going to probably have to spread it out a little bit and uh, try to play up-tempo and get down because get down the floor because it looks like uh, he's not going to be very big unless he's keeping some of those kids that were already on campus. But it's still there's still time for them to sign somebody. Now, out of out of the group that you named, the six seven kid would be the only one that that I would have a me as a coach. I would mm -hmm. have reservations. He's been to too many schools. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I would have some apprehensions. That's what I'm saying. So, right. uh, but because I have not looked into the kids' background, you know, I, I, that's as far as I'm going to go with that. But but you definitely have to do your homework. You 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 make sure that when a kid is transferring that much. You got to make sure that that he's not getting in trouble. You know, it is his transfers because of family issues. What, what's what's the reason why you you've moved so many times? You know, that that's just like a person. Uh, I would never hire a coach that has been to uh, a lot right. of different schools because if he's yeah. if he's been that coach is being uprooted a lot. I don't. I'm not sure if I would want him on my staff. 
because he, he you know, he, he's not showing a commitment that I normally look for. And, and then if you look back over the history of the, the coaches that have coached with me, they've stayed with me for a long period, longer periods of time. And, and, and then you try to look for the same thing in your players. Uh, but I, I do not know this kid, so I don't have anything about his background. But it seems like Coach is putting together a pretty good squad, and uh, he seems like he'll probably end up uh, playing some up-tempo basketball. And I know the Southern, the Jaguar Nation will love that because that's what you guys are used to, well, playing, and you, playing with pace. And, and you know, Coach Fittaway, that that is a valid point because Georgetown um, – we're talking about LeBlanc, LSU, right. UAPB, and, and Nickel State. So, yeah, that that is a valid point. And um, we'll see as far as – and, and I, I, I actually remember him from playing at, at, at LSU. Um, right, his, but there's the thing, too, Carlos. A, a big body. He's a kind of a wide body. Um, and I guess, Coach Petaway, in, in this conference – you don't have, and correct me if I'm wrong, you don't have a lot of bigs, but a bigs in this conference is considered what height-wise to you? Six nine, six nine and above. Yeah. Do yeah, we have, Charles, Coach Pedro, do we have a lot of, we have some, but it's not like a dominate, the conference dominated with those type of athletes. No, 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 no. There is no big that, that dominated the conference. We haven't had one uh, in quite a few mm-hmm. years. But, but but what I'm saying, you can tell that what he's doing, he's gearing his squad to what the conference has been doing over the year. You take Texas Southern. Yeah, they've been always been 6'10", 6'9", uh, like that. But Southern, I mean, Texas Southern and Grambling are the only teams that have really played, gone mm-hmm. out and gotten these big kids. Uh, you know, you, you, you count A&M in there this year because they had the seven-footer, uh, six ten, six nine, but uh, but you're right. And then here's the other thing: I guarantee you, Coach Robert, Coach or somebody on his staff already had a prior relationship with this kid. I mm-hmm. guarantee you, somebody yeah, knows yeah. him over the years, so they know more about it. So us on the outside looking in, we don't know all the particulars. But I was just telling you that as a coach, right, right, I before, before I take a kid that has transferred that much. I will have to look in deep into his background to make sure that he he's transferring for the right reasons. Because hey, hey. in this day and time, mm-hmm. you cannot afford as a coach to bring a uh, bring uh, a bad seed on your campus. And guess what, Coach? And I forgot to mention this: he's uh, a native of Baton Rouge and oh, played at, home. at at, at, at Madison Prep. So, with that being said. Yeah, yeah and and it seems like to me, and we we played a, uh, a piece of a, a footage of Coach. He did talk about the big guards, and and, I, and and I'm counting three or four big guards on here. Yeah. And so um, it'll be interesting to see how it all works out as far as and, and I'm still trying to get him on boy he's a slippery rascal oh, I can't, but I understand but I understand he, he, he he's busy but I'm not gonna give up I'm still gonna uh, uh I, I'm gonna get him on yeah I'm gonna get him on but that's interesting with uh as far well, as Carlos, basketball recruiting go ahead go ahead Charles well you know for me Carlos you know when he was hired 
the one thing that I was interested in seeing is was he going to get get players from Louisiana? Of course, being an assistant at Tulane, you just make the assumption that that's going to be the case once he got his hands on it, and that's exactly what has happened. And that'll get the fan base excited. You got a local product there in Baton Rouge that's going to get the fans even more excited. That's going to that's going to put some fans in the seats. So that's that's an, an external component of it. Then you if if there's talent there, you build that. Um, I think that will again. I, I think you have a top four, top five program, and you got to bring talent in there to keep it right where it is or elevate. And I think from what we're seeing, looking at some of the footage, you you have some very athletic guys that you recruited, guys that can get downhill. I think I hear Landon Bussy talk about it every interview. I want guys that can be aggressive that can get downhill, get to the rack, get to the cup. And so you've got that. At least you have that as far as the recruiting is concerned. So it's just a matter of, of gelling and making all the pieces fit. And so far, just like Coach Dooley, the things that he's doing early on, taking over at Southern football, people like it, at least from what we're seeing from the basketball perspective. Some of the pieces he's bringing in, looks like on the surface, are pretty good. Just a matter of making it all fit. So far, so good. Well, you know, but with that comes, you know, pressure. Now, and I know coaches don't listen to Coach Penway the pressure, <laughs> but man, it has been interesting. Speaking of that, uh, last week we we um, we had a picture of Clinton McDowell, a commitment, um, 6'4", 220 pound quarterback. It's funny how in a week's time things can change. He's visiting Montana, and then last night put out, you know, he's decommitting from Southern University. Now, I mentioned last week, and I think I have the notes here. You say he committed to Southern? He committed. But again, commitment, it just means that. He hadn't signed yet. Yeah. But but now he decommitted this past week. Actually, last night. Uh, Clinton McDowell. Now, Southern, and, and, and just here's my theory. Michael Bowens was offered. He's a kid from Oklahoma in the transfer portal. Very interested in coming to uh, take a visit to Southern University. I'm thinking when that happened, it you know maybe Clinton McDowell was like, you know what, one, two, three, four, five, six could be seven potential quarterbacks on the roster. Now, just my just my theory. Now, he was like, you know what, I'm going to decommit, and keep my options open. So last year was the the big thing where. Many Southern fans and some are still hottest fish grease to this day. I've gotten past it. I've moved on. That was last year. But how the quarterback situation was handled. But now you have some Southern Knights, some, and I say some, you damn if you do, you damn if you don't. You didn't have enough. Well, I won't say you didn't have enough, but the decision last year about playing the quarterback. Now, this year you had some that says, wait a minute, you got too many on the roster. So hell, Coach Petaway, what do you do? Well, you got you brought Coach Totten in there, let him do his job. You, you, bingo, you got, bingo, you, bingo. You, you got one of the one of the great uh football minds in the swag, in as your quarterback coach. Let him do his job. Give him a room full of full of quarterbacks so he can make sure that he puts the right one on the field. And because of the game of football, you gotta have more than one, you gotta have two or three. Because when somebody goes down, next man up. 
And this is the way I look at that quarterback room. If they got seven, all seven may not remain as quarterbacks. They may have to change positions. That happens all over the country. Or not there. It's transfer portal. Right, right. Well, yeah, the transfer portal is taken is taken away now from where a kid comes in at one position and then he changes position. Now they say, well, no, nah, if I want to stay in this, all I got to do is jump in the portal because they've made it so easy for me. Hmm. Yeah. I don't like yeah. the way you're talking to me, so I'm going to leave. You know, you don't – and see, that that's where, I, to me, I think the portal is really hurting because how are you going to prepare these kids for life? Everything's not going to be easy in life. Everything is not going to go their way in life. So when they when they when they face a crisis in life, are they going to just give up? Are they going to just going to change? You out there on your new job, and because things are going your way, you going you going to leave your job? See that that's to me the portal is giving them an out that I think should not be there. Yeah, give them an opportunity to transfer, but it should only be for a couple of reasons. One of them. If you're being mistreated, if you got family issues, all right, because we need to go back to where you have to honor the NIL, the 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 national letter that you signed. That's what I think has to happen. The portal is is creating too many problems. I feel. Well, and you know, the uh, scholarships went out year to year, right? Yes. You know, in the past. You got a four year and it was honored. There were situations when some athletes got hurt and couldn't play anymore, but that scholarship uh, was honored. Now, I have some people that are saying, well, coaches can come and go. Why not student athletes? How would you address that, Coach Petaway? One time. You got an opportunity to transfer once. Mm -hmm. Once. Well, you know, the NCAA now has, has put in place that you have one time to transfer, right. but the second time you can, but you have to show. I'm, I'm terming it this way: just cause, you know, you know, maybe a parent assists. Like um, Jason Dumas, he transferred from Prairie View to Southern because he he basically said he's got you know elderly parents and he wanted to be closer. But for example, LeBlanc, who we was just talking about. He wouldn't be able to transfer going right. forward right. unless he showed just cause and it had to be an extreme just cause. You know, only thing I can think of too, like again, um, say another thing. If you if you you're taking care of or you've taken care of a younger sibling and something right. happened, yeah, right. something like that, or a parent, you know, right. passed away and you need to be closer to home to help your mother or father, vice versa. Um, but you know, the transfer of Porter, I'm telling you, the interest is always there. And, and every week when I look, you still have a lot of athletes in there that will not have a place to land. Correct. They made well, the well, well, Carlos, like jumping out there. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Charles. I'm sorry. Carlos, I'm 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 gonna get a little messy here when I say this. Wasn't there there was a team last year that had six quarterbacks on their roster? That was Grambling State University. We joked about it. Mm -hmm. You shook your head like unbelievable. Can't be possible. Can't be happening. Grambling had six, and it was confirmed to me at the at a basketball game recently mm -hmm. that that was true. Now Southern has 
a lot of quarterbacks on their roster. I think you're going to see more teams do that. You know, you, you want to have options because if you don't have a, a serviceable quarterback, you don't have a chance. Right. And, 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 you, and you need two at least. I'm, what I'm saying, mm-hmm. a starter and then a backup can become a starter at any point. Correct, correct. But also, I mean, you want what you want to do is you want to have a bunch of pieces on the table Come up with your system mm-hmm. and find the ones that fit your system. So if you have six of them, you can you can relax a little bit. But if you only have two or three, yeah, one right. gets hurt, one struggles, yep. then you're you know you're out of options. Now the, the the theory is, Broderick Fobb said, and we joke about it. If you got three quarterbacks or four, that means you don't have one. But what if you have six? <laughs> what, what what if you have six? Grambling had six last year. Southern's gonna have what? What did you say, Carlos? They got what? See, let's see, let's see we got. Uh, I say we Southern four, one, two, three, four, and then you've got two freshmen <laughs> coming in. That's six, and by the way, outstanding players. Then you 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 potentially could have had seven, but he de- decommitted. Then you're still looking to bring in another quarterback on the visit. So, hey. You can't have too many. I promise you. Yeah, that's just like that's just like a poor guard. You can't have yeah. too many poor guards, man. That can play now. You can't have too many. Yeah, and there's and, no and, such animal. And to be honest with you, when 2024 comes season, I don't think you will have that many. And you may <laughs> have some subtractions for the 2023 season. But then you look at it, it's only certain times that I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that you can transfer out or at least go into the portal. I guess All you right. can guess you can leave school, but uh, and by the way, congratulations to across the board, Southern University had over 600 um, students graduated, including student athletes, and one being Harold Blood, who was deemed the starter after spring after the spring after spring practice so hey he's he, i guess he's going to work on his masters now and he's still on the roster he's he's been in the um at southern university what four years now academically and and, and graduated hey you all need to send that same plan that same academic plan send mm-hmm. it to georgia so they can help stetson bennett uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> you know, Seth Bennett has been he he's been in school eight years, seven years. Now now we're a little closer to it because we're here in the state of Alabama. So that's been in the news the last two or three days. Stetson Bennett. Wait a minute, Coach. Out of all out of all he's been, he's won two national championships, but he has no degree, and he's been in school seven years, and he's what, 26 years old? How the I almost cursed it. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, my point is, how did that happen? How does a guy stay in school and not graduate and and you've been on an academic campus even though it's different ones for seven years? Come on now. Uh, because he's a football have, player. And, and, and uh, uh, do they have general studies as a degree program? I don't know, but, but thank God Alabama and them finally got it. Yeah, well... <laughs> But what not what mine's called first it was general studies, now it was called uh liberal arts, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that but, sounds but, much better. They're liberal arts. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh uh no no that that's the big thing here in Alabama. 
They're mm-hmm. talking about Stetson Bennett. Uh, it, it's on the internet a lot. Uh, they're, they're saying that, you know, Georgia announced, athletic department announced their uh, graduates who graduated in May, and people were shocked that he's not even on this list. Wow. And he's been in school all this time. You know, so, and, and then one person said, well, he knew he wasn't going to graduate because he, football was his degree. He got his degree in football. And then that, that's like not I good. Said, he's a football player. That's, that's why. If, right. if, if he wasn't a football player, he would have had his degree by now. There's no way a, a typical young 26-year-old would, would be in school eight years. I mean, it does happen. Life happens. Things happen. But in that case, you, you know why he's been in school that long. But if you go to school for seven or eight years, you ought to be a doggone doctor, a medical doctor or something. <laughs> not, not, come, come on, man, not even have a degree. And see, uh, I think <laughs> last week or the week before, we talked about the APR. I, I want to brag on, on Alabama A&M. I do know our men and women's team, they made 1,000. They scored 1,000. Each team scored 1,000. That's basketball? Uh, uh, no, 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 not basketball. I said uh, tennis, tennis. Yeah, hey, but they they traditionally do well. And, and, and speaking of that, um, I, I'm, I'm going to try to get to every – I got the information for every school. And uh, once again, Brian did a great job, Brian Fulford. Um, he's going to put up the graph for us. Uh, the one I sent him was kind of generic, oh, okay. but he, he added some uh, color to it. Southern University's 2021-2022 APR scores. As you can see, and and you remember last week, Coach Petaway, we told a story about how I sat with with the young ladies, and I heard the conversation going on in the room. I always sat by the young ladies because they're going to be serious. Now, they had some guys serious too. No, No shot at the guys, but I'm sitting where the ladies at for multiple reasons, one being they get their work. Right. Women, right, women's, right. women's volleyball, 995. Yep. Women's basketball, 982. Women's track, 975. Women's soccer, 955. Somehow I think I'm going to get an email about this. Softball, <laughs> 954. Women's bowling, 952. Football, 943. Men XC, 943 women's XC 943 women's tennis 939 men's track 936 baseball 934 men's basketball 934 now I had a had a person email me and said they but everyone passed 930 is the benchmark or the minimum mark but they were a little concerned with baseball at 934 four points mm-hmm. over and basketball. Men's basketball. Men's on the 13 sports. Don't you all have more than 13 sports? Well, well, they're adding golf and okay. uh, women's tennis, of course, and then men's tennis. But, yeah, it could be some improvement. But you see the pattern. On the, on the women's sports, they typically have better I, scores than the men's right. yeah. sports program. Yeah. That's just the way it is. But um, every every yeah, top five or six uh, scores are from women's sports. Yeah. So hey, football, basketball, and, and baseball. You kind of look at, you know, we kind of look at those. Those are the, the the sports programs that people talk about the most. 
but we got to give credit where credit is due. They got the scores. Can there be improvement? Yes. For some of the sports programs, but women's volleyball, five points away from a, a, a thousand. Yep. Yeah, women's basketball, right there. Women's track, women's soccer. So, just kind of want to put that up uh, for everyone to uh, uh, to to look at. See, the, and to grow, me, if I'm mistaken as well, um, some of the other programs at the other schools in the conference. I don't know which sports. I read about it recently. There are some programs within this conference that have a thousand APR. Mm-hmm. That's some um, good news. So I, I think right. that's, that, that's what I'm saying. And, 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 that, and, and that's Charles, good news. That's what we need to be getting out, Charles. They, they're quick They're yeah. quick to put us on, on front street when somebody uh, falls below the APR. But but these, these schools that, that consistently make these thousands, we don't hear much about that. Right. Exactly. And, see, and, and, and I think, and you know, what, hopefully we're on the upward, you know, and I didn't get a chance to ask the commissioner about this. At the softball tournament, and then something that just just came. I probably definitely will at the baseball tournament about the APR scores because we typically, you know, touch on that a little bit because we know that postseason bands are out there. There's some good scores and some work to do for some of the programs, but the, mm-hmm. these 1,000 scores really show, you know, even more commitment to to keeping that where it needs to be because the penalties are severe if you can't go to the postseason. A conference tournament, we've seen that, and uh, it's 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 not pretty when your team is just going through the motions and not uh, and not playing in the postseason. So I'm glad right. to see some programs on the up and up, and I'm glad to see some perfect scores. Right, because now one of, one of the reasons why a kid can transfer, if your school hits a uh, is on probation, you can transfer without penalty. Mm-hmm. So see that, so that that's another way you can lose players. So. That's why the academic piece is very important for all of our institutions. Uh, that's why the APR is important. That's why I don't understand how you're going to get away with so many athletes being in the portal. How do you maintain your APR if, if everybody's jumping ship like that? Uh, and, and just to, to, to j- jump away from the swag for one, one second, like what's going on at Colorado? How are they doing that and still maintaining your APR? Well, you got over 40 guys transferring, and that's not going to affect the APR. I don't, well, that's why well, I say I don't understand it. Yeah, well, coach, I, I think, uh, let's see, 20 next year, you're going to probably see something in, in the year after that because they have overhauled their roster. Um, there are some teams in this conference that have done it football wise, you know, trying. Not trying to be facetious, but I have some Southern Knights that are constantly watching Jackson State. You know, and it, and what I mean by that, every every other day, they're announcing new commitments, people coming into the football program. First thing they ask me is, how many scholarships do they have? I don't know. I'm not on the inside of, of, of Jackson State, but um, – They've done it. And then I got to be careful because you know how I feel about Jackson State. So people will always say, well, you're just you're just jealous or you're picking. No, they, they're getting it done right now. They're not in the APR. Uh, they don't have any problems. Now, the, when the next you know news comes out, the next cycle, you'll look to answer your question. Those programs that are overhauling their their um, 
their rosters. Yeah, it, it it will have me watching to see. And if nothing happens, they're they're doing well. Fine, it's been proven that they were getting it done. But their compliance officers and and their staff, yeah. I, I'm sure they're on top of everything. They they they, they have to. Um, and then we talked about last week. Remember some some um, programs are under nine thirty. FAMU football, and I was just reading about uh, their their new AD. She's getting it together. They're investing. Remember, we talked about investing in compliance officers, personnel. The more you can have, the better, and also they should be paid accordingly. They should be paid a good salary because all of this is important. That's part of the uh, sports staff. You know, we, we tend to think about the director of athletics. But compliance officers, um, women and men, women's administrators, you know, faculty representatives that 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 look at sports from the university. All of these people are important, guys. I mean, I know right. you know, I know you guys know that, right? But um, but, but I, I don't think the public knows. Some to me, some of our fans and, and alumni don't understand the importance of some of the other. All they look at are the coaches. We can only do mm -hmm. so much, you know, that the, our support system is what makes us have a good program or a great program. You know, mm -hmm. they're the key. They're, 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 your academic people, the, the people that are putting these kids in classes. Uh, I, I know that we, we tried at A&M when I was there. I always told my kids, I, I want you to try to at least carry no less than 16 hours. The max was 18. Mm -hmm. You carry 18, but you, I want you to sign up for at least 16 hours. And then I'm going to guarantee you two things in the summer. I'm going to guarantee you an opportunity to go to summer school and I'll get you a job if you need one. So you, you, to me, you have to do things like that. Our institutions have to step up, make sure that we're providing enough funds for these kids when during their off season. That's why, to me, summer school is so, in, so mm -hmm. important for our student athletes because in basketball, you're playing in two semesters. It's hard for those kids. Uh, so summer school should be guaranteed for those kids so that they can catch up or stay ahead. Because even if you don't have to go to summer school, I encourage yeah. my kids, right to take a couple classes so you can graduate early, get ahead of the curve, get ahead of the curve. That That's so important, Charles, because I remember the late uh, director of athletics at Southern University at a time they were always – in summer school, student athletes. Now he would joke, especially football players, the old linemen, because if you know you can send them home and give them a a, a plan to follow Coach Petaway. <laughs> but no, no. I, I would be included in that one if I played yeah. the old linemen. You gotta always watch them. They tend to uh, like to enjoy the extracurricular activities, being food. Yeah. But you but you have them in school for the summer. And you said it, it was important. Those who are doing well, you still want them to be in summer school. So yeah. you can monitor Correct. The, the student athletes. They are there. And we all know now that no matter what sport you play, when you're not in season, it's still in season because right. it's a year-long program, Charles. Year-long commitment. Exactly. Yeah, it is, it is a year-long commitment. And, and, you know, for, for APR, it, it's such a dangerous thing when you're not, you know, when you don't meet the criteria. It's a four-year rolling average. 
So yep. one year a number comes on, the old number comes off. And, you know, I'm glad to see, you know, the new AD at Florida A&M bolster the compliance staff and all of that, because that was an issue. Remember going into the first game um, with mm -hmm. North Carolina and having players cleared and eligible. So she, she's making a commitment. It's a commitment that schools have to make. Um, the NCAA makes funds available. The, you know, Alabama State's athletic director, Dr. Jason Cable, was at Alcorn, was at Jackson State. He was able to get two $900,000 grants just for that purpose, to bolster the staffs, the compliance staffs, to make sure that you had enough people on the ground to deal with the certifications. Because when you don't have that, that's a problem. And it is. And, and Roman Banks, remember, Carlos, well, several months ago, Roman Banks talked about that and having enough people at Southern University. Yeah, when the grant, and, and his point was, well, yeah, when the grant runs out, then the university has to kick in and supplement those funds that were lost when the grant runs out if you get that. So that's, you know, so that's that's another important, you know, aspect of it because when you don't have those players certified, it it is a ding and you don't have those players and it's a problem. It rolls downhill. So I'm glad that we're on the up and up and doing those things and improving and whatever the conference can do to help, I'm sure they'll do that. But I think we, I think we get the message. I think it was paused oh. due to COVID. I think COVID paused some of this. But now that we're beyond COVID nineteen, and some, you know, student athletes still have the COVID year available to them. But as far as the APR and the certification, I think that they're going back to the way it, it was. And you better keep your numbers up if you want to be in the postseason, because if not, it's it's a slippery slope. It's 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 bad news, and you don't want to deal with it. And we've seen yep. schools deal with it. It's not something that you want. And it's and it, and guys, uh, Coach we talked about it last week. Um, I remember I asked a question: What responsibility? I asked it to you and Willa Brown. Um, although you have to have the resources in place, you have to invest in uh, academic personnel, but there's still a big responsibility on who. The student athletes. And um, I, I won't rehash what I said last week, but if a non-traditional student who's working full-time and taking a full course load and is a non-traditional student, and if he can do it, you can do it. The big part of the battle is making it, going to class, you know, sitting up front. I know some coaches used to Talk about, no, you, if I walk by and you're sitting in the back of the room, no, you sit up front. And I believe in <laughs> student athletes. You can do it. I know right. you see evidence of it every year. I sent out some personal shout outs to some Southern athletes who graduate. You know, hey, fo football, academics first, football, practice. And what we talked about, Coach Pitterway, last week, I, I don't know if it was you or Will that brought it up, but it's all about time Man. management. Right, right. And see, that's what we get as coaches come into play. We have to make sure that we're sending the right message to our athletes. Yeah, I want you in the gym. I want you to get up a 1,000 shots a day and all that. You're going to do your 1,000 shots. You're going to attend your study hall, and you're going to go to your class if you want to be a part of this program. Now, it's up to me, for me and my staff, to make sure that the kids understand that we're serious about their academics. And so that's where the responsibility falls back to the coach. You hold the kids accountable. If you didn't do what you're supposed to do in the classroom, for me, you didn't play. Yeah. Well, 
I believe in your student athletes. And you can overcome it. When adversity comes, you can overcome it. And if you need to talk to somebody, academic counselors, advisors, even teammates, your coaches, if you're going through something, you all do. I understand that. Don't give up. There are resources. And, and the pressure we've also put on the institutions is invest, invest, invest in that academic personnel uh, to help the student athletes. Um, we got to take a final time out of today's show. When we come back, we'll get into a little swag baseball, Charles and Coach Petaway. I'm still concerned. Southern is at Alcorn this weekend. I got some scores from um, yesterday with some baseball scores, and I got a chance to have a text message with Coach Carlos James. I wanted to congratulate him. UAPB took two of three from Southern, and he, he said we've been playing well of late, but to get in this weekend, they needed to sweep, win all the games at Graham State. And it didn't get off to a good start, but they played very well. We'll go over that. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. You're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network.
back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show, a final segment right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm looking at the um, Southwestern Athletic Conference. I'm monitoring the the conversation in the chat room. Boy, it's intriguing. I'll say this, I'll say this Coach. A coach, a pastor, and a sports talk host and co-host have to have thick skin. Boy, let me just read one. Joseph says, tell Coach Dooley that it's almost June and Bryce Young ain't walking through the door. Maybe <laughs> maybe work with the quarterback already in the fall. Yeah. Joseph, tell us how you really feel. My goodness. Unbelievable. I'm glad I've got past that. But, you know, Southern, the Jaguar Nation is unbending and unkind at some times. But I wouldn't have it no other way. Because if you're complacent or apathy is set in, no one cares. Can never say that about Southern, uh, the Jaguar Nation, Tiger Nation, Bulldog Nation, even all Corn Brave Nation have been a bit spicy at times. But you got to love it. You, you got to have thick skin. Very interesting. Keep the conversation going on in the chat room. Um, guys, Alabama State, 21-3 and in conference play on a seven-game winning streak. Point blank, the best team in the conference. My opinion, but I don't even think it's debatable, Charles and Coach Fedaway. They right. have been the most consistent. And 34-15 um, overall, then Bethune Cookman, 17-7. FAMU, 16-9. Jackson State, 10-14. So, Charles, if, if the SWAC tournament started today – those are your four representatives from the Eastern Division. Yeah, I mean, Alabama State, to me, is a team, you know, they won it last year. They went to the Tennessee Regional. They're a team that, that's that got a million arms, and that's what got them over the hump last year in the tournament. And you look at Alabama State, they want to keep the scores down, but they've got some guys that can hit the baseball. And so there, you know, Coach Vasquez took over for Coach Melendez, and, and the train had to stop rolling there in Montgomery. They're really good. But I, I have to say, Bethune-Cookman's a team that you got you to watch out there for, for Bethune-Cookman in the Eastern Division side. Uh, Jackson State, they're playing a little bit better of late. Um, I, you know, they'll be in, but, you know, how much noise they'll make. You know, no one's talking about them. You know, every, you know years past, they were like the, the team to beat. But right now, no one's talking about Omar Johnson's team. They're playing a little bit better. I think they've got Valley at home. I think weather has played a factor. You talked about Alcorn, um, Carlos. Alcorn's playing Southern. It's a doubleheader today that will start uh, at 4 o'clock. They were rained out last night at home. Um, the Braves are not going to make the tournament. But I, I talked to Carlos James, actually, uh, last weekend when you know Pine Bluff played the Braves. And he looks really good, by the way. You know, he was uh, – um, yeah. He looks terrific. He looks wonderful. And so, you know, kudos to Coach Carlos James. Uh, and his team is really playing well. I mean, he, he, he they're finally getting it. They're probably not going to make the tournament. I mean, mathematically, they still, they still had a shot. They had to win out. Southern had to lose. But I, I think, you know, this is going to be a good building block for his team uh, going forward. You know, Gremlin is really good. I think Prairie View is good. Texas Southern. You know, you can never count out Mike Robb's team. So I think the baseball tournament is always the uncertainty. But right now, I would say Alabama State. You know, I would agree with you. Alabama State is really, really good. But once you get to Atlanta, 
once you get to the tournament, all bets are off. They're really good, but you gotta you gotta get it done. And so new venue, um, new situation there at Georgia Tech. Um, so we'll see if they can finish the deal. We'll see. And on the western side, Grandma State 19 and 5. They're on a three-game winning streak. Texas Southern 13 and 8. Southern 13 and 9. Prairie View 13 and 9. Pine Bluff nine and sixteen, Alcorn State three and twenty one. I, I I'm I'm still concerned. Although I see Southern on the five game uh, winning streak, it has to be in conference because um, the midweek game they lost to UNO fifteen to five. Why I'm disappointed? Because UNO it's an out of conference game, but then I don't think UNO is that you know head and shoulders above any team in the conference. And I think Alabama State with Cookman. And FAMU, they they could defeat uh, UNO. But with that being said, I mean, still concerned. Um, they're they're going to make the tournament. They could be possibly a fourth seed. They could possibly be a third seed. We'll just have to see. Last night, uh, Texas Southern over Prairie View. Uh, Prairie View um, got swept by Southern last weekend. And so now, uh, and then they lost four, then they lost four to two to uh, Texas Southern. Then Bethune Cookman over Family 13 to four. Grambling over Pine Bluff two to one. Pine Bluff playing much better. And of course, postponed Southern and Alcorn State, as Charles talked about. Coach Petaway, when you look at it, it's right at the end of the regular season. We often talk about which teams have been consistent, which team is playing late. Are playing better in their last 10 games, and, and it all falls back on the coaches and the staff. But when tournament time comes, as Charles said, all bets are out. But I, right. I, I, I think Alabama State, if, if they don't stumble, I think they're the odds on favorite, of course, to win the regular season Eastern Division title, and they're favorites to win the SWAC tournament championship. Right. Well, you look at two teams, you got four teams, two on each side. Bama State and Bethune in the East are playing. You know they're on the, on a the roll. They're playing well. And then in the West, Grambling and and Southern. You know they they have the winning streak, so they got a little momentum going into the tournament. Now, Carlos, I didn't know if you were going to bring this up or not, but did you all talk about the softball tournament? Uh, yeah, yeah. Charles Charles called it. He was at every game and uh, right and PB one. Yeah, back to back championships and also. Uh, Prairie View and them won the women's. I want to make sure I got the right. Yeah, women's side on the track and field outdoor yeah. uh, track and field championship in Alabama State on the men's side. And and you know what? I think I need to talk to uh, Alabama State coach. And I remember last year he was on social media. They took a picture of all the rings he have on his hand. They have been dominant, right? Dominant on the men's side and the women pretty good as well. So, yeah, softball, uh, congratulations once again to Prairie View and them, back-to-back championships. So, CPV, with, you know, with all these first-place uh, finishes, you know, they may have a le- leg up on the on the trophy for uh, the commissioner's trophy. You know, so, that you know, that race that race is still has to be decided. Right. Prairie, View, Prairie View right now is looking real well. And and you look at uh, on basketball for Prairie View, um, I think when- – some, some, their women, yeah, yeah, but I, I think if you talk to them, they really believe that they can do better, 
And you look at on the men's side, they had a nice little roll. But let's see if they um, they bounce back. Coach Pugh, um, she came there with a lot of fanfare. Coach Petaway, the success she had at Southern University. And, and I think, and I guess I can't speak for them, but Prairie View alums expect or expected that same success going to Prairie View. But, Coach, you know, that's sometimes that's, that's interesting. You leave from one institution in the conference to another, and you would think that would be success, but I guess it's not guaranteed. No, it's not guaranteed because you don't have everything in place. You're starting all over. Uh, but now if you look at it, she is projecting up now. Mm-hmm. You, you think about it now. She's improved. She's been improved over the last couple of years. So her, her, her projection is going in the right direction. Uh, but remember, she had to come in and everything was new to her. So they had to give her, they had to give her, an opportunity, and I think it's headed in the right direction. And, and Charles, switching back to um, baseball and the success in the regular season is not always guaranteed tournament-wise. Who do you think – let's take Alabama State out because we just said that they, they're, they're probably prohibited favorites – who is one or two teams that at the end of that tournament, you wouldn't be surprised that they hold up the trophy? Um, I'm going to stay in the East. I'm going to say Bethune-Cookman. I'm, I'm going to take a flyer here on this one. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen Grambling. Grambling can hit the cover off the ball. But when you get to that third starter – and Coach Pierre said he's looking for a third starter. I think if you talk to every coach in the league right now, they're looking for a third starter. Uh, I think Bethune-Cookman is a team that has the depth at pitching to where I think they could challenge Alabama State. That's the one team that I would say. Now, I don't follow the East that closely, but I do follow it enough to see that Bethune-Cookman is loading up on some arms to where they want to keep the scores down, and I think they can match up tit for tat with Alabama State. So if there's one team that I think that could do it, and I think Bethune-Cookman made a deep run last year in Birmingham. So I would say right now uh, Bethune-Cookman would be the one team that could push Bama State. Now, you won't see them until the, the championship, but I think that's the one team that could that could give Bama State fits. Now, in the tournament, anything's possible. You know, you could have a bad starting uh, in your number one or if you go with the number one. You can have a bad start. And then all of a sudden your bullpen gets all screwed up because you have a formula of how you want to do that. But uh, I think Bethune-Cookman is the one team I think that could push Alabama State if I had to take a guess. Interesting. I, I was on the FAMU bandwagon baseball. They, they had a nice stretch going, but now a three-game losing streak. And, boy, I, I, I don't know. Looking back, that series at uh, and by the way, I gave you congratulations. Remember, we talked about you were off last week. <laughs> Alabama State swept family. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see it come uh, coming, but uh, hey, when I'm wrong, I'll admit it. I didn't see it coming, but uh, you asked me two weeks ago. I said I would say fam you, but now uh, 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 I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not so sure. Um, we're at the close of the show. It's been an interesting show as always. Um, I, I'm still getting 
good comments about the the new streaming app that we're on, and um, I, I appreciate it. The, the uh, chat room is still going at it. Um, Coach Petaway, close the comments, and then I'm gonna pick at Charles. I'm gonna give him a chance to redeem himself because basketball wise, he said a couple of weeks ago, Southern he sees them as, as a sixth place finish, and I'm still getting emails and and um, comments about that. Well, they I'm act- looking. I'm they told me to tell to Charles the- to check his glasses. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> well, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to uh, this week of, of uh, pro basketball, and I, I think we're going to have some great games. you got game seven tomorrow. So I, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I hope to be back next week so we can talk about uh, these final conference matchups. Oh, you're, you're, you're going to talk about it. You're not getting away that easily. Uh, <laughs> quickly, who do you see in the finals, <laughs> Coach Petaway? Wow. I got two names, two teams in my head. Well, I'm, I'm, the way the Heat is playing, I'm going to go with the Heat in the East and in the West. I'm I'm going to stay with the I'm going to stay with the Lakers hopefully. Oh my. And, and somebody in the chat room had basically said if those two teams make it, then it validates the bubble because you know some you know the prognosticators, the experts, well, it was in the bubble. Look, Hell, it's still a championship. Whether it was yep. in the bubble or outside the bubble, if they played in golf court, on the beach, in the sand, it's still uh, valid. Charles, close the comments. I got a couple, uh, Carlos. First of all, we want to pay homage and respects. We lost a, the SWAC lost a legend in the equipment uh, manager realm. Texas Southern had a longtime equipment manager by the name of Eddie Davis. He was yes. at Prairie View, worked with Dr. McClellan at Prairie View, and worked at Texas Southern when Dr. McClellan was AD at Texas Southern. He passed away a couple of weeks ago. Eddie Davis has been a part of this league at two SWAC schools for a long time. He showed me his ring case. He had over 40 championship rings at wow. different sports at Prairie View. In Texas Southern. Not only was he equipment manager, was he the was he the equipment manager? He also was a certified bus driver. He would actually drive the Texas Southern bus to certain places. We lost a a a a, a legend. We lost a great man in Eddie Davis, longtime equipment manager at Prairie View and Texas Southern. Also, I want to give congratulations to a guy by the name of Cabral Huff. Cabral Huff was the number one assistant two coaches ago when Montez Robinson was hired as head basketball coach at Alcorn. He was the number one assistant. Cabral Huff, of course, was let go when the staff was let go. Cabral Huff worked within the game of basketball in the Georgia area. And recently, Cabral Huff was hired as the men's basketball coach at Edward Waters College. And I sent him a message last week congratulating him. He's all smiles, very spiritual. Um, he's going to do a heck of a job. He's paid his dues, and I wish him the best of luck. Keep that name in mind, and up a, a rising star in the uh, HBCU basketball circuit on the men's side, Cabral Huff, the new head coach at Edward Waters College. Congratulations to him. The longtime uh, person you were talking about at Texas Southern Prairie View, uh, hopefully he can be nominated, you know, his name in, in the SWAC Hall of Fame, along with uh, – Charles Eben and Coach Van Petaway. I'm telling you, you guys bring so much. Not just <laughs> not just for Coach Petaway on the court, but Charles and your broadcasting. We we've seen so many people give their uh, favorable opinion of of the great job that you do. 
I don't really have any closing comments, but if I did, I'm gonna be facetious as always. I'm going to close down my text messages from certain people, and those people meaning alums of Southern University. I, I don't want no more text messages about what Jackson State is pulling out of the portal. I actually, I am tired of it. <laughs> I am going to concentrate on Southern University when what they have and what they don't have, I don't worry about because at the end of the day, Carlos Brown expects Southern to be competitive and to win championships. Am I a realist? Some may say no. But my love for HBCU athletics, academics, and including Southern University, I don't have to debate with anyone about it. But if you are always looking at what Jackson State is pulling in, hey, Coach T.C. Taylor, he's done a great job so far and the staff getting people in. But unfortunately and fortunately, games are won on the field. Yeah, you got to have good athletes, but coaching still means a lot. The fundamentals, blocking and tackle still goes a long way. My old high school coach would tell me that. And we have some <laughs> people that need to really chill out. At the end of the day, Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose. On that note, I want to thank Brian Fulford, everyone who tuned in. Yeah, I just have to get that off my chest. What can Brown do for you? <laughs> Coach Fedaway, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. If I tell somebody, Southern got this player, three-star, but Jackson State got a four-star player. One eye is that way, one eye is that way. It's like the old thing, the dog had a nice juicy bone. He looked in the pond and saw his reflection and being greedy, he wanted two bones. He ended up with what? Nothing. None. None. Coach Dewey, I'm still on your side. Last year is gone with the quarterback situation. It's going to be 2023 and ultimately I still expect a very good season. Do I want to see Southern in Atlanta in the Celebration Bowl? Charles, you know, I wouldn't know how to act. Oh, my goodness. But I'll still, <laughs> I still support that, and whoever makes it, they will have my support. we got to start being more successful against the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. I've been long-winded. Until next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of the Carlos Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Oh, and right, Michael. Happy Mother's Day to all the ladies. Stay safe, be careful, and God bless. And I'll add for the grannies, stepmoms, biological moms, non-biological moms, because some didn't born those children in the world, but they took care of them. That's still the definition of a mom. Until next time, peace and God bless. God bless. Thank <laughs> you.